Welcome to the Growth Lab. I am Tej Singh, personal growth enthusiast, world traveler, sales professional on a spiritual journey to live my highest expression. This podcast is meant for individuals looking to evolve in all aspects of their lives. I interview leaders and coaches that have a passion to grow beyond the status quo and expand into their highest potential. Let's dive into it as we help you get 1% better with every episode. What's up, everyone? Happy New Year and welcome to the first episode of 2021. Our guest for today is my good friend, Ian Koniak. Ian has sold over $100 million of business at Fortune 500 companies. He's truly a leading expert in enterprise sales. Through a lifelong commitment to vision, purpose, and growth, Ian has held countless positions as the top sales performer at his companies, including finishing number one in the enterprise select division at salesforce.com, a $20 billion global company with more than 50,000 employees worldwide. Ian has appeared on many of the world's leading business and sales podcasts as an expert in enterprise sales. His mission is to help people learn and master the mindset, habits, and skills needed to untap their full potential and perform at the highest possible level. Now, this episode was a little different and truly special, raw and vulnerable to kick things off in 2021. Ian reflected on his 2020 and how it became the year he truly faced his demons. Amidst having all the success from the outside looking in, that wasn't necessarily the case internally. And in this episode, we further look into the pivotal moments that started the road to healing Ian's addictions. Three most important things to really focus on for a fulfilling life. And how to start dealing with your own addictions and facing your demons in 2021. Now, I'm super excited for you guys to listen in to Ian's journey in this really raw and real episode, and I'm sure we can all relate to Ian's struggles in one way or another and fight to overcome them in 2021. Now, let's dive right in. Ian, welcome to an episode of The Growth Lab. Thank you so much for being here. Great to see you, Tej. Really glad we can make this happen. Yeah, absolutely. And Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Welcome to 2021. Yeah, that's right. Almost there. One one day to go. And I am excited to bring in the new year. Let's put it that way. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and you know, this episode, when it's going to be published, it will be 2021. So people will be hearing this first thing in 2021. Uh, yeah. And I thought that might be a good starting uh, point for us is just reflecting on 2020. It's been a crazy year. That, that might be an understatement of the century, uh, how, how crazy 2020 it's been, but, you know, knowing who you are Ian, and, and just, just, you know, having heard your story, um, you're a person of resilience, right? You get through a lot of tough times. You've got through a lot of challenges. So let's start there. You know, a lot of people have come out of 2020 leading to 2021. So let's reflect on 2020 for a second. Yeah. 2020 was, um, by far the craziest year of my life. And, you know, it wasn't because of COVID. Frankly, um, COVID was a blessing for my family. And I don't say that lightly because I know a lot of people were hurting and dying in many cases. And I don't want to sound insensitive, but COVID forced me to buckle down and spend time with my family during one of the most difficult times of my life. So um, 
I've always been a, a very top performer in sales. And with that desire to perform came also a desire to tune out because I was working so hard. I wanted to ultimately um, work hard and play hard. And that did settle when I had a family. Definitely. I had my second baby this year. So reflecting on 2020, that's been by far, you know, the best blessing to, um, to come out of the year. But um, candidly, you know, my uh, struggles were, were not necessarily in the income and the sales um, area that I, that I was dealing with this year. I, uh, you know, I, I went through a very difficult time where I, uh, had been living a double life in, in many ways. Um, when I traveled and when I um, was out of town, which was very frequent, you know, I would entertain, I would drink a lot, I would party a lot, I would um, do things that frankly were not in integrity with the kind of character that I, um, that I see myself as. And I didn't think much of it to be, to be frank. And this year um, I started opening up to my wife because I didn't really tell her about some of these things that I was ashamed of. And, and um, I started opening up a little more. And once I did that, I realized that there was a whole um, can of worms that I was opening in that um, what I viewed as okay um, was, was absolutely um, a different perception in her mind. For example, um, you know, my, my uh, addiction was never, my addictions were never something that stopped me from performing at a, um, at a high level. In fact, I'd say, you know, some of the top salespeople or business people are, you know, they have addictive personalities and they're addicted to that success, that winning desire. And that's actually very helpful in, 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 um, in sales. But for me, unfortunately, I channeled it into things that weren't so healthy, right? I would, I would get drunk. Um, I would smoke pot. I would take Adderall as a way to just simply focus. Um, I would look at pornography. I'd play video games sometimes late at night to the detriment of my sleep. Um, I would gamble. And I just kind of looked at all of it as just having fun. And when I started opening up to my wife about some of the stuff this year, her reaction was, um, was painstaking. And um, she felt like she didn't know me. And so this happened all around February when I decided to come clean with, you know, the life I'd been living. And, and you know, I, I know you're a spiritual person. I certainly, um, for me, uh, faith was not at the center or core of, you know, how I was living my life. And for my wife, who's, who's a fundamental Christian, um, she, you know, puts that front and center. And so I kind of had to hide some of these things or I felt I needed to. So I decided to come clean with her about everything that I had done that I was out of integrity with and it rocked her world. And so um, for a short while, my family, um, you know, future was, was really up in the air where my wife um, took our son, she was pregnant and uh, she went to stay with her, her parents. I, I um, was kicked out of my main house and, you know, lived in, in the back studio Fortunately, I didn't have to go um, to hotels because COVID had just hit, right? Or else I probably would have been a hotel or got an apartment because it was really rocky for a while. And I say it was a blessing because what 2020 forced me to do is to face my demons. And everybody's got demons, whether or not they're public about it or whether or not they decide to share 
it with the world is a different story. But for me, I've always been a person who tackles um, my challenges head on. And so I went into addiction recovery uh, this year and I got um, you know, sober from a number of vices. And, and now I'm going on almost 11 months um, as, we, as we enter the new year where I have not gotten drunk. I have not looked at pornography. I have not um, played a video game. I haven't, I stopped taking Adderall. I haven't gambled um, and I stopped smoking pot. So these are things that, you know, maybe are accepted in society. But for me, in my marriage and my family, they were not, you know, things that um, were contributing to, to positivity. And, and with that change, um, you know, I was forced to really deal with my emotions. <laughs> and instead of escaping and meditate or not meditating, medicating uh, with, with uh, you know, with, with negative um, activities, which we call out, you know, inner circle activities in, in my 12-step program, um, which are things you want to stay out. You want to stay out of the inner circle. I had to replace those with outer circle activities. So when I felt like, you know, escaping rather than going, you know, somewhere or smoke pot or get drunk or something, you know, hop on my bike, go for a run, call a friend, um, take some deep breaths, you know, just learning to deal with my emotions. And I don't think that um, as a society, you know, we're medicating more than ever, whatever it is, you know, people are shopping more than ever, or they're watching more Netflix, or they're tuning out because they don't want to feel what's inside. And I was really forced to feel what's inside this year. And so um, when I look back, knowing that I've, you know, not looked at porn for 11 months, for me, that that's um, pretty hard to to say that out loud, because I, I've been looking at that for 30 years since I was 12 years old. So um, it's really taught me that anything is possible when you put your mind to it and when you focus on the right things. And, you know, fortunately, um, you know, my marriage is, is in a, a much better place. Um, COVID forced me to spend a lot of time because we weren't traveling with my family and, and we you know, really did um, went to marriage counseling with my wife and by God's grace, she, you know, decided to give me another chance. And um, we had our baby and, you know, I just feel very blessed to have gone through that struggle. And what I realized it's, it's a lifelong struggle. You don't change your personality just because you stop doing things doesn't mean you don't have that same way of thinking sometimes. So for 2021, it's really for me about um, love and service and leading with love and giving back and, you know, not, leading from this place of like ego or wanting to constantly prove myself or do things that, you know, are out of integrity. So this is going to be a lifelong journey that I'm on. And um, I think that 2020 was a necessary, um, necessary, painful year that I had to go through in order to really live the life that God wants me to live that I know I'm capable of living and step into my new identity of, of someone who can empathize and relate and help other men who might have similar struggles that when what I went through. So I know it's a, a long answer, but um, those are my reflections for the year. And uh, I'm very excited to, to step into a new year and, and um, hopefully, you know, people were able to socialize again and we're able to, um, people are healthy, we'll get vaccinated hoping at some point in the earlier part of the year, um, who knows, things are still up in the air, but I, I do know that I have tools now to help me in moments of distress. And I, I know um, myself better than I ever have. And I aware of all the 
you know, the reasons why I did what I did and can, can look in the mirror and, and be really proud that I'm honest in that I am um, working on getting better every single day. So, yeah. Yeah. Thank you for that. Thank you for that. Ian. Um, one of the things I've shared with you in the past too, and just in hearing your story, I so appreciate uh, acknowledge your, your vulnerability uh, because I really do think that's courage, you know, for you to, to be open about, how you've faced your demons gives everyone else the courage to go there, right? It's, and, and it's starting off the, the podcast in the way to go, you know, there directly and share that. It shows individuals listening to that. If there is something that they're facing that's hidden, they can deal with that, right? And it's, well, it's, it's, yeah. I mean, that's, that's why I'm sharing it, right? It's, it's, I'm, I'm your everyday guy. Like literally when I told some people about this, like you, <laughs> you know, on the surface, you know, I, and I am, I'm successful in, in the way society um, deems success. And, and I never let these addictions put me in jail or just certainly could have, um, could have, that's for sure. I mean, I, I should be dead by all means. I crashed into a tree when I was 26, pissed drunk on my way to a strip club um, and, and walked away unscathed because I think I was so drunk that I was just loose and the car was like an accordion just squished. And I don't know how I walked away, but um, there's been unfortunately more of those type of incidents and somehow I've walked away unscathed. And I, I do think it's because um, people need to know that just because you're okay, like there are, are addicts everywhere. There are addicts that don't consider themselves addicts, but they do things that are out of integrity. And if you have to ask yourself, you know, why did I do this thing? Or if you have to tell yourself, I want to stop doing whatever it is. Like I said, I had many addictions. Sex was my big one, but the, the, the many addictions, if you go to yourself after you've done something and you say never again, and then you repeat it, even if it's in six months or three months, you have a problem. So that was me. It wasn't a frequency thing. It was a, um, it wasn't something I was doing every day or every week. It was something that I did on occasion traveling. And it just, um, you know, for me, it was like no big deal. But once I saw the pain I put my wife through, and, and if you can't be honest, you know, and you're a man, specifically if you're a man, I'm sure women have addictions too. But if you're a man and your wife doesn't know everything about you that you've done in your, in your marriage or you're keeping secrets, it's a problem. And so, um, yeah, that, that's, I mean, I, I hope to tell my story more directly at some point. I'm, I'm still in the midst of it, sure. but I do know that I stopped doing everything that was out of integrity and, um, and my wife is very proud and I'm proud of myself for that, but it ain't easy. And, and all the sales stuff is easy compared to the life stuff that I've gone through this year. So, yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I, I appreciate you going there, you know, I really do. And, and, you know, I'm proud of you and I've seen your journey over the years and, and who you become and for context for people listening, right, where they don't know the parallel life that you live, right? So let's, let's talk about that a little bit. And I think we can then bring that together and kind of make the point of, you know, success by society standard doesn't necessarily mean that you're happy and successful in everything else, right? So let's, 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 let's paint that picture. Um, so you've, you've, um, you know, been at a, a multiple sales organization. Now you're at Salesforce. So let's paint the picture of what life looked like in this parallel universe, right? And then yeah. we can kind of marry the two together. Yeah, yeah. I mean, on on the surface, right? If you got a if you got a holiday card from me, I have a beautiful family. Um, we have a lovely home. I have my dream home. I have uh, multiple real estate investments. I have 
you know, I'm a multimillionaire self-made from success and sales. So by what society tells you, you know, I have a beautiful family, a beautiful home. I work at a fortune 500 company that is an amazing place to work that takes care of their people that would be a dream job for anyone. And I take care of their strategic accounts. So I'm, I'm responsible for managing the largest of our enterprise customers at Salesforce. Before that, I, I ran the Los Angeles office or the SoCal office for um, for Rico, which is another Fortune 500 company where I had 80 employees and ran a $60 million business. So from a career-wide, you know, wise success, um, I finished number one at Salesforce a few years ago, followed it by top five. And, you know, the past couple of years I've been over plan. So I, I, I've been performing at a very high level at a high company, making a lot of money with a beautiful family and, you know, healthy, right? For the most part, um, you know, physically, um, so you'd see me, you'd see my family, like, man, this, this guy's got it all, right? That, that's kind of what you would see on the outside. Or if you even saw me on social media and looked at my videos and profile, you'd see someone who has their shit together. But, you know, that, that's, again, that's on the surface. That's what you see. Yeah, yeah. And, and you know, thanks for painting that picture of someone and, and someone that's successful from the outside looking in, right? And, and you can, there's so many people out there that are like that, right? And, and Instagram is such a great example of that, <laughs> where you see all the pictures and you see videos and you see, you know, these individuals having luxury lives. And I, you know, I, I in my uh, particular journey, I traveled around and I met a lot of nomad nomads that were traveling the world. And it, that isn't that glamorous either. <laughs> you know, you have to really be aligned. So let's talk about how those things started to, to come together, right? Where I think 2020 was a big year for that. And then the last few years in, in following your journey, I, I know Ian, that you've started to find that middle ground, right? To bring the external happiness, but then also yep. find that internal happiness. So let's talk about the merging of those two. Yeah. Yeah. I think um, my reason for unhappiness, you know, and I can't say I'm like fully happy now and life is like, it's a journey, right? Sure. It, it is. There's yeah. good days. And there are bad days. There's definitely more good days than, than ever. Um, and there's a lot more good days than there, there are bad days. But the journey really started um, a few years ago, back in 2017, in January. And I had been um, working at Salesforce for, for four years at the time. And I had um, missed my quota pretty bad. Um, a few years, I hit it one year. And it was January of 2000, um, 2017, so almost four years ago now. And I was really close to hitting my number. I think I needed one deal and the client had told me that, you know, come on, the paperwork's ready. This was January 31st, the end of our fiscal year. And I'll make a very long story short, um, I didn't get the deal. And there was a decision maker in China that we couldn't get a hold of that had to get involved last minute. And I, you know, it was like 11 o'clock at night at this point. And I thought I was going to get the DocuSign and turn it in and book it for the year and hit my number. And when I didn't, I remember just this pulsating headache and this horrible feeling of worthlessness. And that's when I knew I needed to change. And I knew that if all my eggs were in the basket and I felt worthless because I didn't hit my number, that there was a problem. And at that point, I said, I'm willing to do whatever it is to, to make a change. And um, so I joined a program, which you were in with me, Epic Impact, and now it's called Abundant. 
And it was all about like finding that, you know, vision inside of you to be the best version of yourself that you can be. And I always looked at myself as a grinder, someone who would work my way to performance. And what that program taught me is it's not about the grind, it's about um, service and it's about helping other people. And that year I was really truly focused on helping my customers um, thrive and, and not taking the short the shortcuts to get sales, but rather looking at the big picture, doing the right thing, playing the long game. And, and it ended up getting me number one in Salesforce. Um, and I made over a million dollars. And I was like, is this it? <laughs> so all my worth worthlessness was here. And then I became number one and I'm like, this doesn't feel that great. Yeah. So, you know, the lesson there is like when you're chasing external success, you're never ever going to be fulfilled. Right. Because you're going to spend so much time and effort your whole life getting to a point is like, just for what, for money. Right. And so that was kind of the, the first part of that journey. And so then fast forward another year, I continue to crush it. It's Salesforce. Meanwhile, I'm going to strip clubs and parting my head off, um, making all this money and just living, like I said, this double life, right? 2018. Um, I remember we went to our conference, our annual conference, and I, I got so hammered. We were listening to Metallica and I went to two strip clubs in two nights in our main conference, you know, and it's like shit like that, where I, I didn't think it was a big deal. I was going to therapy at the time because I knew I kind of had a problem. And I told the therapist, like, this is not a big deal. So it's like this denial of like, you know, so the work was still needing to be done at that point. But 2018 was a mind fuck, if I can say that on the air. Um, end of the year, two years ago to this day, December 28th, 2018, I go to Magic Mountain with my brother. First, I go to Guatemala on a trip to, you know, it was a spiritual journey to kind of discover who you are, what you stand for. And um, with the same group, Epic Impact. And um, I come clean about this double life that I'm living, right? Because my wife feels strip clubs are cheating, right? And so I'm hiding this stuff that I'm doing. Um, it wasn't just strip clubs. You know, I was going in chat rooms and webcams and just doing things that were completely related to um, compulsive sexual behavior is, is, what, is what my struggle was. And, um, and just doing it behind my wife's back. And I, I never considered it cheating because I wasn't kissing or having sex with these women, but I certainly was, was not um, in integrity with my marriage. That's for damn sure. Or else I would have told her. Um, and so the bottom line was uh, I go to Magic Mountain and I get on a roller coaster. It's called Tatsu. It's a flying coaster. And the top of the, um, you know, top of the coaster is, uh, <laughs> is basically above the seat. So this roller coaster flings you forward. So you're hanging forward. And I have a picture. If you want to see it, it's, it's crazy. Um, <laughs> you're hanging forward and um, the track is above you. So it simulates flying like you're Superman. So we get to the very, very, very top of that roller coaster. And all of a sudden it stops and you hear a loud crack, like just like a jolt. And we're like, what is going on? We thought it was like a joke or something and then nothing. And then people start screaming. We're literally staring 180 feet. This is at the peak of the ride right before the big dip. And we are hanging above cement, 18 stories in the air by a little bar. 
And at that moment, I thought I was going to die. I thought that coaster would fall off. I thought the bar would fall off. I thought we'd be hanging. We were up there 30 minutes. And thank God for some meditation that we had done in that Guatemala trip, because that's what I did. I'd close my eyes and I'd breathe slowly and I'd open my eyes and I'd be like, this is a nightmare, this is a nightmare. It was super traumatic. And I share that story because I started praying at that point. And I had been listening to a podcast. There's actually a book I'm reading right now called The Five Regrets of the Dying by Bronnie Weir. And she was on a podcast that morning from a guy named Lewis Howes that I was listening to for the School of Greatness talking about death. And she was a hospice nurse that interviews people on their deathbeds and cares for them. And she wrote a whole book about all the regrets they have in their life. So I was already thinking about, you know, death and what kind of life I wanted to live and the regrets that I would have if I didn't live the life of my dreams. And so um, then I get stuck and I think I'm going to die sitting on top of that roller coaster. And I started praying and I said, God, I don't know what it's going to look like. I don't know what I'm going to do, but I promise I will serve my fellow mankind. I will not just use my experiences and my gifts for myself and my income. I'm going to do something positive with it. And at that moment, the ride started going. And we were up there a total of 30 minutes. People were passing out. People were filming us from the bottom of you know, um, the ground. I mean, it was very scary. And, and so, you know, I, I don't believe in, in um, coincidence. I believe in divine intervention. I think sometimes God really wants to get your attention. And, and whatever you believe, that's your thing. But I know I've had these serendipitous moments in my life where it's like, I can't ignore that. I get off the roller coaster. We're out of management. We're like, we're getting out of Six Flags right now. We were so trauma traumatized. I get a call from my wife. She's like, come home right now. Um, there's a problem with our dog. And that night I have to take the dog and put her down because the dog out of nowhere dies. And so I start the morning with podcast of death. I think I'm going to die. And then my dog dies. So at that moment, it's like, God got my intention and said, you better start now. And so 2019, um, continuing this long journey of what got me to this point today, um, I decided to give back. You know, I said, look, I'm going to every day for a whole year, I'm going to make a video. Um, it was a 365 day challenge that I was doing that, um, you know, basically I was thinking like, what can I do every day? Um, it was part of this group that I was in that other people were doing this challenge. Some people were meditating every day. Some people were writing thank you letters. Some people were feeding the homeless. Like what can you do every day that's going to serve other people selflessly? So I said, look, I'm going to start an Instagram account. I'm going to make a video every day, just sharing what it is that I know. And I want to help people you know, help people, right? Meanwhile, I haven't helped myself yet, but here I am wanting to give to the world. And so I, I started this Instagram channel and, and it got popular, right? And, and what did that do to my ego? <laughs> Further inflated it. So I had all these people telling me how great I was on social media and, you know, had this you know, side hustle thing going on with the Instagram and the media production that I was doing. And then I had my Salesforce business. Well, meanwhile, I'm completely neglecting my family. I pushed my wife away in 2019. And then once again, God came calling me the beginning of 2020. And, and he's like telling me loud and clear, you got to start telling your wife about some of this stuff. And so I started telling her like, you know, I, I, I've looked at pornography and is it a big deal? Like, you know, I'm not going to strip clubs anymore, but I'm looking at online webcams. Like it's kind of like a strip club, but it's fantasy world. And her heart just shattered when I told her that. And I'm like, oh shit, 
oh shit. If I told her that and her heart shattered, um, I do not know what would happen if I told her about Vegas and what happened there or about strip clubs or any of this other stuff. So I'm going to keep that locked up. <laughs> and so, um, gosh, we are going somewhere I did not plan on going. But I, I again, I, I don't care at this point because I know there's guys like me. There's a lot of them, actually. <laughs> there's a lot of them that hide stuff. And I know even in my circle, right? It, it's just it's just sad and scary to say. But the the truth of the matter is that you cannot lead others until you lead yourself. And you cannot be a leader until you live what it is that you're leading. And so in January, I started gradually coming clean with my wife about the less severe stuff. And when I told her, um, we had to go to the hospital February 13th this year and she was pregnant because she was so upset with me that um, she started having labor contractions. And, and my baby Luke, who's four months old now, you know, we thought we were going to lose him. And she had already had a miscarriage the year before. We really did. And once again, I started freaking praying on that car ride to the doctor, praying and saying, God, please let me keep this baby. God, if I have to carry the, the pain I caused my wife and losing a child over the pain I caused her, I don't know what, if I can live with myself. I really don't. And that was it for me. That was getting my attention. He got my attention in the roller coaster to start giving back and serving, which I've been doing for a few years through videos and coaching some of the stuff I'm doing. I, I speak a lot. I help a lot of people, but I hadn't helped my family. And so at that point, I called and I, and I went to, a, um, I went online and I started, you know, I just started searching and like started searching to try and find if there were people like me, if there were people that were struggling. And I found a, a group called Sex Addicts Anonymous. And I, I thought it would be all perverts and, you know, pedophiles and weird people. And for the most part, it's guys like me that just want to stop watching porn, doing things out of integrity with their relationship, hiding stuff. And I also found a therapist. And that therapist was a certified sex addiction therapist. And I, and I talked to her and she's like, you got to come clean with your wife about everything you've ever done. You got to do a full disclosure with her. And this, this full disclosure is basically looking at all of your bank records, looking at all your history and basically telling her every single thing um, that you've ever done that would be a secret, right? And for me, it took me a while to, to, to gather that information because it's like old records and even before we were married. And I thought she would leave me. And she did. She did for, for a brief, brief time. I went and took a polygraph afterwards, a lie detector test. So she knew I was telling the truth. And I told her everything. I did not leave out any single detail. And interestingly, the hardest thing that she took was not the Vegas thing, but when I got a woman's phone number at a bar, that was what she, she um, took the hardest, which, which I found very interesting because I didn't do anything, but I, I told her, I think I would have, I think I would have, right? And, and it would have gotten to that point. I'm sure I would have ended up having an affair or doing more. It was only a matter of time. I was kind of going down that road. And so my wife um, 
you know, basically um, was in a lot of pain. And I said, this is going to be, this is going to be um, the hardest thing I've ever done, but I will do whatever the therapist told me. So the therapist told me to go to 90 meetings in 90 days. I got a sponsor. My sponsor happened to be a pastor and started explaining to me that we're all sinful in nature. This is human nature, but we can be saved. We can be saved through Christ and we can be saved because Jesus died for our sins. And I, I was raised Jewish, so I'm not necessarily, um, you know, buying anything at this point, but it did give me an explanation of these are things that men do. And I had always said, why do I do these things? Something's wrong with me. What's wrong with me? In, in, in looking at through the Bible and looking at it through the lens of, of Christianity, I'm human <laughs> and, and, and humans are made to sin. It's our, it's our nature. We have to work not to sin, whatever those sins are, right? Even telling little white lies. So I decided to start studying Christianity. I decided to um, join groups of Christian men who pray for each other. And I had been going to church with my wife every week. Um, and I have not lied to her all year, even if it's something very basic, very simple, right? I tell her I hadn't have to keep secrets. As I mentioned, I do not do anything that's sexually compulsive, but with that, I've also given up all these other vices that I had like video games and gambling and Adderall. So it's been a hell of a year. And, you know, I hope somebody can learn from my story that, that, has anything and know that, you know, Hey, if I can do it, you can do it too. Whatever that thing is, it doesn't need to be sex. That just happens to be what I turn to for comfort, right? It could be alcohol. It could be drugs. It could be anything, right? It could literally be, be eating or, or, um, not eating. It could be, um, love and promiscuity with, with different people. I mean, there's so many things we're all hurting. We're all mm -hmm. hurting Tej. And, and I, I feel like this whole podcast is a monologue right now, but there's so much I have to say about this. So yeah. let's just call it four years of personal development, two years in sales, one year of like starting a company and, and, and doing a lot of like how to build up your brand in one year and doing some deep work and facing your demons and being honest and being like the type of person that you can look in the mirror and have nothing to hide anymore. So yeah. call this my coming out party in 2021. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you for sharing. me. I, I really appreciate you going there and sharing all of that. And you know what, as you were talking and, and we were talking about these parallel lives, right? Like these two separate lives. What do you feel in your journey? And, and you've, you've engaged with so many people that are going through the same stuff. And I've, I've seen people kind of feeling that emptiness within themselves, even though they've gotten everything on the outside. Like, what did you find? What is it that's missing for us as individuals when we get what we want, but we, yeah. want, we don't really feel fulfilled So then? we turn to these vices to, to fill that, fill that gap? Yeah, I think it's, it's a great question. Um, so if you don't have misery or discomfort, you don't need to medicate. So if you can get to the source okay. of finding that, that, um, you know, happiness or fulfillment, that's, that's all we really want as humans. So I, I, I would break it down to three things, right. In terms of what, what's missing. Number one is, 
you know, and it, it's the regrets of the dying. You should read the book, check it out, right? One of the regrets is living life for other people, not following your true calling, right? And it's hard because most people don't know what their calling is, but most people know what they love. Maybe, maybe you love playing the piano and you haven't played the piano. Maybe it's, you know, um, for me, it, it, it's three, three simple things, yet they're all very, very complex. The first, by far, the most important is connection, by far, okay? If you're lonely, if you're miserable, it's like you don't have deep connections. So when you find um, a lot of people who are unhappy in their marriages, they're probably not connecting with their partners the way they first did when they, when they met. So having deep connections with, with your spouse, if you're single, there's a good, great, um, a great sketch by, by Chris Rock, married and bored, single and lonely. <laughs> and if you haven't watched it, Google it, check it out. It's hilarious. But single people are often very lonely. Yes, they can hook up. Yes, they can meet people. But it's a lonely world, you know, being single, not having a companion. And when you're married, it's hard to be married because, you know, you fight. And, um, you know, you're two people that are different. No two people are exactly the same. And even if they are, it, won't, it's, it doesn't always work out. So, Connection is by far and away the most important thing that, you know, addicts, um, addiction is, is often a symptom of isolation or disconnection, right? So if you're pursuing material things, if your whole life is about working, right, you're not making time for those connections. So what I've done this year is I've, I've worked a lot less. I've spent a lot more time with my family. I spent time in uh, recovery and I've built strong connections with people in the recovery community. I've built very strong connections with my family. I took three months paternity leave. I'm going to go on another four months uh, paternity um, to, to support my wife and support my family. I took a course called Supporting Her before we had Luke. So I could be there for my wife as a great partner because we had to have him during COVID and, and you know we couldn't have a doula or people coming in to help us. So it was on me. So having that strong connection and bond and love in your life is by far and away. And, and I, I, I just wasn't, um, you know, connected the way I am now with my wife, you know, we're on the same team now we're on the same page. And it's, it's um, when you drift, it's usually because that connection's missing. The second reason is, is, is really about contribution. And when I say contribution, I'm not talking about financially giving to um, a charity or donating your time. What I mean is contributing to a life purpose, to a mission, right? Feeling like you're making an impact um, in this world. At the end of the day, we can have all the money in the world. And then what do we get? We can buy a jet, we can buy an expensive car. I used to buy, uh, drive a Maserati and I, and I have a $2 million home. Doesn't bring satisfaction. It's very comfortable. It's nice not to have to stress about money. So I know there's a lot of people that are stressed about money. And I'll, I'll tell you that that is its own source of pain, but um, you know, when, when you don't have to stress about money, right. And your whole life is about making money. There's an emptiness there. There's an emptiness in, in pursuing something solely for financial means. So you got to feel like you're contributing. So if you, if you can make the connection between your job and contribution, where you feel like your job is making a difference in the people that you serve, be it your customers or maybe your employees, or even if you just work hard so you can feed your family and support them, as long as you're okay with that, then, you know, you're going to, you're going to check that box of contribution. But for me anyway, I know that selling and supporting my family was not enough, right? I knew I wanted to contribute to help other people that are, um, 
you know, that are struggling, that are suffering. Maybe they're not selling as much as they want to. Maybe they're in the place that I was in, you know, four years ago where they feel like they're worthless because they're not hitting to their performance. Maybe they're struggling with addiction. Right now I'm contributing. I make videos every week. I have a big newsletter that I send out, you know, to a lot of people. I coach, I, you know, contribute to my family. And I, I do feel like I'm helping a lot of people. I have sponsees that I take on in, in addiction recovery who, who struggle with some of the same issues that I did. Um, and so I check that box. So connection, contribution. And the last thing is growth. Bottom line is we have to feel like we're setting goals and we're going somewhere. We are wired as human beings and especially as men. We want variety. We want goals to go after. Make those goals something that's going to make you better, make the people around you better, not just financial, okay? Um, financial goals are great, right? But once you've gotten to that point where you're comfortable, we have to feel like we're growing. So that's why people feel so good when they're training for a marathon or a triathlon. That's why people feel so good when they're in a new job and they're learning new skills. That's why you feel so good when you're starting this podcast because it's growth. You're doing something new, okay? Your new marketing, your new audience, your new... Um, you know, it's a new skill. You're getting better at interviewing, right? So when we're growing, we are accumulating new skills or we are working towards something better, a better version of ourselves. And so those three things, when you're doing those on a consistent basis, you're going to be fulfilled. You're going to be busy. You're going to be inspired, okay? But that's not enough. <laughs> Check the box. We all want to be healthier. We all want to contribute. We all want to connect right? How do you do it? <laughs> That's the real, that is the real question. That's the issue. And that comes down to habits. That comes down to literally making the effort to change your habits, right? Making the effort, something that I do that is very, very simple. I started doing this year um, was I will have lunch every day with my wife, regardless of, you know, the, the deals that I have on the table, regardless of how busy I am, I will block off, you know, 12 to one o'clock, um, to go inside and spend an hour with my wife and have, have lunch with her and have some family time. Okay. That's a discipline. Praying every day is a discipline. Okay. Working out in the morning, having a morning routine, meditating, whatever you're doing for that growth, it's not going to happen on its own or else everyone would be doing it. It'd be easy. We wouldn't have such high obesity rates and depression rates and addiction rates. Right. So it didn't, this is what, this is what separates the good from the great is, is the great, are willing to put in the work to personally change, to make the changes in their lives. That's what I did when I was in sales. I changed the way I sold. I made it outward focus versus inward focus. And when I started doing that, my results, you know, compounded. To not, get, for an addict to not go to these things that um, give you comfort in times of distress, it was really hard. I had to make change, like putting filters on my phone or keeping my phone in the other room. Or, you know, I went and got a Peloton bike. There's things that you can do to make it easier for you. There's a book called Atomic Habits, which I just finished reading. Um, there's also another book called Power of Habit. So, you know, once you decide that you want to grow, that you want to contribute, that you want to connect, you have to, um, you know, incorporate the, the focus into your life and actually do things that will encourage you to do that. So I'll, I'll give you an example of this. I, I coach a guy, he's a CEO of a tech company and he's single and he's a great dude. Love the guy, but he's lonely, right? Married and bored, single and lonely. <laughs> so this guy is single 
and he wants a relationship, but he's on hookup apps. He's on the hookup apps. Okay. And he keeps complaining about not meeting anyone. Well, okay. Maybe don't do the hookup apps. Maybe do an app like eHarmony where they don't, I don't even know if they still have that, but there's gotta be apps that aren't swipe apps that are just leading with your picture, right? And again, I'm married. I'm not, you know, I haven't been in that world for 10 years, but there have to be apps or online ways of meeting people that require you to read a profile or, you know, vet something other than just their picture and a swipe. So I told them that, but that takes effort. That takes getting off the hookup apps, which are addictive in their own nature. I know a lot of people in my program that are addicted to hookup apps. Um, so just, just from a, from a change standpoint, right? We're going, you know, into 2021. This is a year where we all have an opportunity to reflect upon the changes we want to make. And, and if I can leave your audience with anything, and if I could just, you know, impress upon the world anything in my mission is, is that anything is possible if you put your mind to it and you focus on it and you take action around it and you want it bad enough. And I'm a testament to that for sales success and for overcoming personal obstacles and for family and marriage success. And it never is a snap, we're done. It is continuous. Every single day, you have to make a decision to show up and focus on your goals and not tune out. So if you have something you're, you're fighting for, you're working towards that inspires you, that's a heck of a lot easier than if you're showing up without purpose. And just, you know, you're, you, 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 you're sailing a boat. If you have your compass set and you know where you're sailing, you know where you're going, right? You're going to be able to keep the, keep the straight line, even as the wind pushes you in different directions. If you don't know where you're going, if you don't know where your North Star is or where you're trying to sail to, you're going to float and flounder and let the wind push you in the days. And that's just, you know, parallel to the days pushing you around, letting the days overtake you, letting the weeks, and all of a sudden the years are gone. All of a sudden you're 50, 60, and you, you haven't lived the life you want. So if I could set anyone, you know, um, anything listening to this or watching this, it's, it's, you have to um, take control of your life. Don't make excuses. Any, if I can do it, anybody can do it. I'm no different. I really, I'm not different than most people. I'm your everyday guy. So how did I get to number one? How did I give up all these, you know, unhealthy addictions? It took a shit ton of work and effort and, 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 and humility, humility to accept what you're not good at. I didn't get good at sales until I admitted I wasn't good and asked for help. I didn't stop my addictions until I admitted I didn't know how to do it on my own and got help. I didn't profess to know God or have strong faith until I admitted I didn't know anything and started going to church and learning. So just, you know, that, that's the theme, the theme of, of this, this, uh, this message is other people who've done it before connection, right? In, in, yeah. in pursuing your goals, find people who've done it, that you can do it with, that you can walk along that road and lift each other up yeah. in the process. There were so many gold nuggets in that, you know, as you were sharing that, that last part, the, you know, what I was taking away from it, it from the whole conversation, really, uh, you know, as we started mm -hmm. to talk about 2020 and, and what 2020 looked like for you and your whole journey, right? And, and how individuals can reflect that, especially in the beginning of the year, right? Oftentimes, I love this time of the year, when a year is ending and a new one starting, it just inherently gets everyone to reflect and plan for what's in the future. Um, and what I took away is, is facing your demons, right? Facing the things that you're avoiding or putting in the closet, allowing those things to come up, because if you don't admit them, they can't be solved, 
to your point, Ian. That, that, that was a big thread that I, that I took away. Another one that I really took away is just don't chase after the superficial things. Right, just don't chase after the money. And, and Jim Carrey has a, has a quote, and I'll, I'm paraphrasing here, where he says, I wish everyone can be rich and, ha- uh, rich and famous and see that that's not really happiness. Something to, yeah. that, something to that effect. And that's so much so true in your, in your scenario of, of getting the riches and getting the famous in, in some ways of becoming an influencer, but that didn't really bring you the happiness until you faced your demons and, and, and you know, being able to kind of really look at those and, and change them. And then the third piece, when we were talking about the three things, so if it's not about superficial things that were been sold, then what is it really? And I love that point that you mentioned about the three top things, right? Like really look for those deep connections and love in your life. Um, the contribution piece is big, right? Really being able to connect to that life purpose and, and vision and, and continuously grow, right? And those three are, are so important. And to your point, those are high level, but then you have to make yeah. this habitual. So, so bringing this, yeah. bringing this back to the how, and I could stay a few more minutes too. If, I'm enjoying this very much if, if you want to go longer. Sure. Uh, bringing this back to the how is you have to win the day you have to be intentional and make sure the activities that you spend your day on align to those goals that you have, right? So the big thing that I do, and I don't do it every day, and the days that I don't do it, I notice are the ones that get away from me. But when I set my intention at the beginning of the day, and I say, here's how I'm going to spend my time, and I block off my calendar, and I say, here's what I want to accomplish today. If I stick to it, and when I stick to those things, and it could be a combination of you know all the things. It could be, I'm going to spend time with my kids. It could be, I'm going to work on these deals and these proposals. It could be, you know, I'm going to, um, yesterday I, I opened up a 401k um, you know, for my side business, a solo 401k. So the, there's things that you want to do. But when you set your day and you win the day, consistently day after day after day all of a sudden those goals that you have start to manifest start to start to realize then you could set bigger bills so it, it that's that's the glue that sticks it together is you have to have a plan around the purpose you have to have something that you you start with you just have to start you just have to start that's the hardest thing and once you start you got to keep walking step by step and so um, when you're really intentional with your day every day and you can, you know, start the beginning of the day saying, here's what I want to accomplish and here's what's going to make today great. And, and you commit to execution of winning the day. Um, you can accomplish anything. It's not just mental. And I really want to be clear on that, right? The mindset is, is super important, the vision, but you have to get into these good habits, um, and break the bad ones. That's the only way to accomplish your goals. And so it's, um, otherwise it's a grind. It's really hard, you know, especially if you're doing things throughout the day for your job that you may not necessarily love. It, be, it can become easy to procrastinate, put things off. But if you get in the habit of being very self-disciplined and showing up and knowing what you need to do and making sure your actions align to your goals and that you actually can execute it, there is literally no stopping. There is no stopping any person who, who has that self-discipline. So mm-hmm. that's, that's the glue I want to talk about because yeah. high level stuff's great, but without execution, 
it doesn't make a difference. Yeah. And, and, and one of the things I say, um, you know, on the podcast uh, and the principle of the, the subtitle of the podcast is get 1% better every day, right? It's a little incremental change and it happens through habitual, you know, habits that you have on a consistent basis, because yeah. those are the things that are going to compound over time. Um, That's right. And one of the things I wanted to ask, and just on that topic about habits, because we did spend a good amount of time around addiction. If somebody listening, this kind of sparks a plug, right? Or says, I feel like I have addiction here, or this is something that I haven't admitted to myself. What's a good place to start for someone like that? Like what, how can someone explore that more? Because I think it's not, uh, first and foremost, it's not really talked about in our society, right? It's a very taboo subject. So thank you for going there. In, in the oh, I, I don't want to go there. That was, that, was, that was not something I was planning and my wife might not be happy that I went there, but it's the truth, right? It's the truth. I mean, like, like I said, you know, we all have our skeletons. I think most of us do. Um, you know, it depends. It depends what it is. I'd say if you're ashamed of something that you're doing, or you think you might have a problem with something where you do it too often, or you want to stop something and you can't stop it, whatever it is, it could be on social media. You could be on social media for hours a day and you want to stop it. You can't. And it makes you unhappy every time you go off of it. Like literally it doesn't have to be something as extreme as what I talked about, but you know, th th there's um, help, right? Y you have to, that would be my first place to start is like go online and start researching. If it's one of the main addictions, um, there's going to be 12 step group for it. So if it's, if it's gambling, if it's sex, if it's alcohol, if it's narcotics, if it's overeating, there's going to be an anonymous group for that. Something AA related, <laughs> gamblers, anonymous, sex addicts, anonymous, um, you know, Alcoholics Anonymous, you name it, right? Those 12 step groups are fantastic because you realize you're not alone. I mean, that that's the key is like, you know, for, for you to go through this struggle just on your own without support of other people who have walked that path before you is just silly. And it's impossible, frankly, because if it was possible, you would have already done it, right? You don't just like, you know, you don't just, maybe you take a break, but eventually you go back. And that's how you know you have a problem, right? Is when you keep going back to something. And so that's my first, my first uh, advice would be to start like literally getting help um, by connecting to a group. Um, and the second thing is like, I mean, if it's something as simple as like, I don't want to be on social media as often, delete the app from your phone <laughs> or use a screen time to manage yourself. Like, if you don't have the, the self-discipline to say, I'm not going to do it, change the environment, take it, make it unaccessible. They talk about that in, in the power of habit uh, or in atomic habits, um, pick up that book, right? It, it really depends on the nature of, of the addiction, right? So if you're using heroin, you're already, you know, you need to get in rehab, right? That's, that's a, that's a, that's a clear course. Yeah. Um, if you're stealing to get drug money, that's very different than what I'm talking about, or just trying to like, you know, eliminate some of these vices. The reality is that we can't be optimized with our time every day, right? There, there, it's healthy to just chill. It's healthy to watch a movie. It's healthy to have some downtime. That's I'm, I'm all for that. I love it. I mean, I, that's one of my goals is like be present with my family during the weekend and not, you know, bring work or stress, you know, with me the weekend Friday night comes on and it's like family time and, and I'm dedicated to my family. And, and, and so, you know, those are the things that you 
I would say start by setting a goal of what not to do. So we'll use the social media example. If you're on social media too often right now, right? Try to do a detox for a, a week or two weeks or delete it from your phone. If you can do that on your own, you're set. You don't have a problem. If you can't, you keep reinstalling it after you delete it, then you might need to um, you know, get help. Um, get accountability partners, people that want to join you with it, right? There, there's, um, you know, there, there's um, groups that are doing this January sobriety challenge when you don't drink for a month in January, right? So there, there are lots of people, but I, like we, we have no excuse at this point. The internet and Google, it's like I had to stop going on social media or, or what to do. Like there are so many people that have been whatever road you're on, whatever challenge you're facing, I promise you there are thousands of people who have walked that road before you. And there's, there's advice, there's free advice, there's help, there's videos. Um, you know, for, for me, you know, like I said, the way I stopped um, viewing pornography, which again, I didn't think was a problem, but then my therapist said, look, it's all related. So you just got to cut all of it off. And I'm like, oh shit, what, like, how am I going to do that? Well, she's like, it's real simple. Okay. You, you, you um, put filters on your phone. So I have filters on my phone. I can't go on a site. If I do, you know what happens? My wife gets a report. <laughs> she's an accountability partner. So you better believe I'm not going on a, on a, on a porn site, which is like, Again, I think like 80% of American men look at porn. No big deal. I didn't think it was a big deal before until the therapist told me you can't do that because that's just reinforcing that neuropathway in your brain that is the addictive cycle. And so I cut it off, right? So things like that, if that happens to be your thing that you want to do less of, put filters. There's a great app called Covenant Eyes that is a filter that you can have reports sent when you go somewhere directly to your partner, right? So things like that help tremendously, deleting the apps from your phone. I mean, it all depends on the vice. If you're a drinker, freaking get the alcohol out of your house. If you want to stop drinking, don't have it there. Make your environment conducive to stopping what it is. There was a great study that um, was done on heroin addicts that were in uh, Vietnam coming back from the war. And they um, took, you know, these heroin addicts that uh, were basically like, like knocked out of the military because they were addicted to heroin and they put them in, um, you know, they sent them back and they were discharged and they put them in um, back with their families. And to the surprise of the study, you know, only a very small percentage, like 10% relapsed. And it's because the, the drug wasn't available, right? They weren't with their buddies in the military overseas where they can get it and, and the associations weren't there. So environment makes a huge difference. Like what you have accessible to you makes a huge difference. The people you associate with make a huge difference. If you're trying not to party as much, you know, with, with certain types of people, don't hang out with them. Like for me, when I, when, after I crashed in the tree, I said, I'm not driving drunk anymore. I'm not. And so I became the designated driver whenever we went out with my friends. I literally would pick them up and we'd do birthday dinners for all the birthdays and I would drive them because I know I'm not gonna drink and drive, especially if I'm taking a bunch of people there. So it's like, if I was taking Uber, that was like a you know, get out of jail free card and go crazy. So I didn't take Ubers, I purposely drove. So these things like you have to make it easy yourself. Think about what it is, step one, that you're trying to give up or change. Step two, look online, see, right? If it's a more common addiction, there'll be groups and, and go to a meeting, get to a meeting, okay? Um, with other like-minded people who are trying to give up the same thing. It will change your life. Step three, make the environment 
a lot less conducive to, um, you know, if you're overeating or you're worrying about your sugar consumption or you're diabetic, don't go buy sweets, <laughs> right? It's like, these are things we can change. We can, let's make it easy on ourselves. Yeah, yeah, thank you for that. Yeah, it, it seems to me, you know, for, for 2021, as we kind of wrap up this, this conversation, it's the, the message from Ian and, and the message from the story is to, sort of overcome your shadows, right? Overcome your shadows, meet yourself uh, from a real place. So then you can really show up in the most effective way uh, for everything, for your, for your life, for your work life, for your personal life and, and all the different ways. Um, that's a great message to leave the audience with you. And I so appreciate your story. Is there anything that we didn't touch on that, that you want to talk about? And, and, you know, it's interesting. We didn't plan for the conversation to go this way, but we also said organically where it goes, it goes, right? So I so appreciate how it's kind of formed, but is there something that I haven't asked you that you want to leave the audience with? Um, I think since we spent the bulk of the time talking addi about addiction, um, the one thing I can tell you is um, don't be ashamed, right? And that's the hardest thing for me. Uh, addiction thrives in secrecy. It thrives in shame. When we're ashamed, we feel bad. We feel bad. We want to medicate. The whole cycle repeats itself. There's nothing to be ashamed of. We're all human. We're all doing our best. Okay. And once I came out with my truth and I realized that, you know what, I was still loved by God that I was still accepted and that people did not judge me. Um, and even my wife, even my wife, you know, bless her soul, um, as she was in pain, you know, she saw that I was committed to, to our family and would do whatever it takes and gave me a chance to show her that. So don't think just because you might have some skeletons or secrets that you can't come clean and, and admit them, whatever it is. That is the first step. Honesty and openness. Once you realize, you know what, we're all broken and at least I'm real with my brokenness and I am getting, you know, the support and the help and I own my flaws. That's when you can be free of them. That's when you can break free. So that that's all I, I I could tell you is is whatever you know it is that you're struggling with. I promise you you're not alone, and I promise you that there is no judgment and, and no shame in getting help. And, and we're all, especially in COVID, man, especially alcohol consumption, drug consumption. Those industries are thriving right now as people are in isolation. There are more unhappy marriages. I, I mean get help <laughs> and realize that we're all doing our best. We're all human. We all are flawed. We're all broken. We all want to feel good. We're all doing our best. Okay. Yeah. And there's no shame in that. That's, I mean, we show up with love for yourself in knowing that you're not a bad person just because you may have done some bad things or some things you're not proud of, but we can change. Yeah. It's when we continue to hide and shame and keep secrets is when the addiction thrives and festers. So I would leave the audience with that. And, and I would love to express my love and gratitude for, for everybody who's been with me on this journey and especially my wife and for people like you, Tej, you know, you've been a good support from the beginning. You knew about this a long time ago. And so um, 
yeah, it's 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 a ride. It's a wild ride, and it, it's never gonna it's never going to ease, you know, when you're in this world, it never will be. There's always going to be pain. It's just, you know, how you deal with it and how you, you know, how you man up to, um, to facing your biggest challenge. It's all about resilience, right? Like you started the podcast with, it's about resilience. It's not how hard you fall. It's how you bounce back and, and, and being real and true and authentic to yourself. And when you could admit yourself in your best spots and in your worst spots, you know what? That's all you can do. There's nothing to hide anymore. When you're not hiding, that's when you can thrive. Mm-hmm. When you're not hiding, you're thriving. Yeah. Thank you, Ian. Thank you. I mean, that's the word that keeps coming up is, is thank you. You know why? Because I'm so grateful for your vulnerability and, and so inspired, such an inspiration you are in, in coming out with a lot of this and, and being able to share your stories. Because, you know, I know a lot, a lot of individuals that have kind of dealt with their own vices in their own different ways. And for you to come out, it kind of shows individuals to, to see that it's okay. And then you can deal with those challenges. Like you mentioned, 2020 has been such a difficult uh, year for so many people in so many different ways. And the last thing you said is how do you bounce back from that, right? How do you bounce back as a collective, as an individual? Uh, and, and a great time to share that message as we start 2021. Um, so thank you again. Uh, so proud of you, Ian. And so nice nice to follow your story and your journey and, and obviously will continue to do so. Last thing I'll ask is if somebody wants to engage with you, uh, you know, via social media, uh, YouTube, you know, how, what's the best way to, to yeah, uh, engage with you? It depends. <laughs> it depends what you want to engage on. If you want sales tips, I got you covered. Um, I have a newsletter. Um, I have a YouTube channel. It's all about untapping your sales potential, being the best uh, person you can be, so you can be the best salesperson you can be, right? Because this all translates directly into sales. When you're real, you can connect better with your clients. You can sell at a higher level. You can not be attached to outcomes and you can show up in, in service. And that's what wins, wins big deals. And that's what people care about. So if you want, um, you know, sales tips, find me on LinkedIn, um, uh, just Ian Koniak, uh, my, my first and last name, or send me a direct message on LinkedIn. I also have a website, www.ianconiac.com, where I put my blog, my YouTube's Ian Koniak. So I'm, I'm pretty public around, around a lot of my content. Um, I do uh, one-on-one sales coaching. I'm launching a, a course um, next year. And so, you know, and if, and if you have problems and you struggle with any anything that you may have heard that resonates, just reach out to me and let me know and I'll, I'll get you set up in the right place. I'm I, that's one thing I've been doing with a lot of men is helping as I've, I've continued to share my story. People have come out left and right, you know, sharing theirs and, um, you know, d- no shame in, 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 in uh, admitting, and I'm, I'm here to help. And that's one thing I, I do with open arms is help men who might have similar struggles to me. So just shoot me a, a private message. LinkedIn is definitely the best way to get a hold of me is I'm on there all the time. Um, but you can go to my website if you want to, um, do any coaching or sales there's a contact form on there so just find me well thank you ian yeah and and you know we were going to talk about sales but that didn't seem so important we'll 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 come back to uh perhaps bring Ian back just for a sales episode so we can we can talk about that but you can find a lot of his great content i follow that from time to time on linkedin uh you know and, and he does great videos uh talking about specific topics that we all deal with in sales so absolutely check that out if you're interested Thank you so much again, Ian, to, to join us. I know you haven't been getting too much sleep with the new baby. So we so 
so appreciate you taking <laughs> you taking this time out to uh, to this talk with a, us. The break for me. <laughs> <laughs> well, so sleep deprived. Maybe I wouldn't have been as open and vulnerable <laughs> sharing, but I'm a little loopy right now, so I'm just. <laughs> we, we got you at a good time then. Uh, well, thank you again, Ian, and uh, so appreciate you. No worries, brother. Have a great 2021. You as well. Oh, you know, man, you know, man, you know, man, you know, man.